0: It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit TheRinger.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling problem? call 100 800 gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG.
2: There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class, leading passenger space, and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more.
0: Welcome in, Tuesday edition of New York, New York, with yours truly, J.J. Strensky on what has been a rather chaotic day across the land. And it's been a great day to be scrolling through Twitter. It's been a great day of getting a whole lot of breaking news. And listen, locally, it's an easy place to start. The three-ring circus, that is the Brooklyn Nets, continues to get crazier and crazier, and crazier. And the worst kept secret in the world just transpired earlier today. Steve Nash is out as head coach. Why the Nets decided to bring back Steve Nash when it was abundantly clear that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving wanted nothing to do with him, and they sold their soul to the devil. That's all there is to it. From a Brooklyn Nets perspective, they sold their soul to the devil. KD. Kyrie. Kyrie with all of his shenanigans and all of his nonsense, which never ends. It goes from anti-vax stuff to Earth is flat, and then it's the anti-Semitic. Like, it never, it never, ever ends with Kyrie Irving. And if you think it's going to end now that Steve Nash is no longer the head coach, you're clearly not paying attention. You clearly don't get it. Steve Nash may not be a particularly good NBA head coach. You want to tell me that he wasn't ready for this job, that he should have never gotten this job? I I think that is a very fair, and that is a very reasonable conversation. I don't think a whole lot of people are going to fight you on that. Nash, in many ways, was overmatched in taking this job. But what coach, with all of the potholes and landmines and nonsense that had been thrown that certain individual's way, what NBA head coach would thrive in this environment? I mean, that's a question I would love to know an answer to. Who do you think is thriving in this environment right now? Well, to get even nuttier, in comes Imei Udoka. Now, if you would have told me six months ago that Imei Udoka was getting the Brooklyn that job, I would have said, wow. That's unbelievable. Ime Udoka did a fabulous job in Boston last year. He takes that team. They play unbelievable defense. They go to the NBA finals. They lose to the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, in May or June, I I think the conversation around Udoka would have been, wow, this guy's going to be the Boston Celtics coach for a long, long period of time. He replaced Brad Stevens and did a masterful job. Coach of the year, like that good except we all know what transpired with Emei Udoka in Boston. Or we don't even know what exactly transpired. Here's what we do know. Shenanigans, extramarital affairs, maybe even worse than that, were going on within the organization. The Celtics took a guy who was a legit coach of the year and said, we want nothing to do with you. You're not coaching throughout this year with a win-out team with a team that's poised maybe to go to the Eastern Conference finals or the NBA finals, or dare I say, win a championship. And we're not going to let you coach for a year. And we think so little of you, and we think so little of the Brooklyn Nets, that we are going to just allow you without compensation, without draft picks being attached. You know how this stuff works. I mean, we've seen coaches get moved in the past, whether it's uh, Will Panella. Uh, whether it's Bill Belichick. Like, there have been plenty of instances where coaches have gone to a different organization, John Gruden, and their draft picks. The Celtics are like, nah, we don't need anything of the sort. You want to hire Ime Udoka? you want him to be your head coach, be my guest. Go right ahead. And with all of the baggage that he's bringing to Brooklyn, Do you think that the circus is all of a sudden going to stop now because Emei Udoka's coaching team? I I don't think so. Yes, he's tight with Kevin Durant. You got to like that. Yes, he has proven that he is a successful NBA head coach. I guess if I'm a Nets fan, you got to like that. But man, there are a whole lot of skeletons in that closet. There's a whole lot of unanswered questions that I, for one, have about what happened with the Celtics. Less than a year ago. And maybe I'm overreacting by sounding the alarm. I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. But don't you think the Celtics who are in the same division as the Nets, who played Brooklyn each of the last two years in the postseason. Isn't it telling that they say, yeah, take them? Good riddance. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Like, that would concern me a little. Just a smidge. I have said this countless times with Brooklyn. And you can blame Nash all you want. If I'm Nash, I am the world to be out of that. He may never coach again. The guy's got more money than God. He could go run his soccer team. We'll see if he's still going to be my neighbor in Brooklyn. I hope he is. It's a great place to live. Rep in Cobble Hill and Brooklyn Heights and Carroll Gardens. Love that neighborhood in Brooklyn. I want to be here for a long time. Hopefully Steve Nash wants to be here for a long time. But I wouldn't want to coach that mess. Give me my money. Get me the hell out of there. And Ime, it's all you, bro. It's all you. If you honestly think in your heart of hearts that that's going to be a happily ever after type of ending for the Brooklyn Nets, then you are beyond delusional. I don't care if Kevin Durant's there. I don't care if Kyrie Irving is there. Mark my words. That's the only going to get nuttier, crazier, and more bizarre as the days, the weeks, the months, and the years go down the road. Like, I'm sorry, Ime Udoka coming in is not taking the Brooklyn Nets this year to an NBA title. You could save the video. Ime Udoka is going to be bounced in the first round just like the rest of the Brooklyn Nets by whoever the hell they play. Team is just an absolute three-ring circus across the board. And the Nets were taking bows when they brought Duran and Irving to their team a few years ago. Anybody who saw it playing out like this, give yourself a round of applause. It has been worse than I ever could have imagined. Worse, like they have managed in the last three years to make the Knicks look good. And it's not like the Knicks are lighting the world on fire. They have found a way to make the Knicks look good. Think about that for me. So Steve Nash out. Let's get to play a game later tonight. Oh, I'm sure that's going to be uh, that's going to be quite the spectacle. Poor Jock Vaughn. Those Duran irving presses. I mean, Irving's probably not even allowed to talk to the media. I, If you're the net... Imagine being the net PR person right now. Like, just think about that for a minute. Imagine you were in charge of, of like, scheduling Kyrie Irving press conferences and Kevin Durant press conferences. Like, you want to talk about hating your life. I, I, I would be like, get me the hell out of this job. I want to join Steve Nash on the unemployment line. Okay. So... Well, what an absolute shit show. You ain't kidding. Total, total shit show with the Nets. Now, the NFL trade deadline is coming gone. I know there were a lot of Giant fans dying for a wide receiver. You got to understand something about the Giants. They were not going to go and squander their draft capital on a team that, let's be real, is not a win now team. Do I think in a perfect world they would have loved a player like Brandon Cooks? Yes. Do I think a team like the Giants is wise to take on the cap hit that Brandon Cooks would have for the next year or two? No. They wouldn't be wise to do that. I think if the right trade was available, they would have made it. Like you saw what Chicago had to give up for Chase Claypool. Would I have made that trade if I were have the New York Giants? No. Because I don't think Claypool is that good. And to me, I think the Steelers is absolutely fleeced. Fleeced! the Chicago Bears, please. And I know big body, deep wide receiver for Justin Fields, all well and good. That trade will not work out for Chicago. Remember I said, it will not work. So I didn't want to see the Giants go and make that sort of move. If they could have got a receiver mid-round pick, I would have been all about it. Not the end of the world that the Giants aren't trading for a guy because they've been winning ugly anyway. That'll have to continue to be the case when they get back from their buy. The Jets, they want to move on from Elijah Moore. Maybe they didn't like the asking price. Maybe they wanted the extra depth. Maybe they're going to try to find a way to make it work. I don't see it working out with Elijah Moore, but we'll see how that story kind of evolves over the next couple of days, over the next couple of weeks. Um, and I know some people thought the Jets would be in for Bradley Chubb. I never really saw that as a fit. The Jets are loaded on the defensive line. Absolutely loaded. And the defensive line has played great all year. A team like the Dolphins. I am just like straight up giddy about the fact that Bradley Chubb is coming to Miami because that's exactly what the Dolphins need. You can make the argument, and I know the haters are out there, and I know it's New York, New York, but guess what? It is my team, so you're going to hear me talk about this for a minute. Outside of Buffalo and outside of Kansas City. Now, health obviously comes into question. Dolphins lose a Tua, an Armstead, a Tyreek Hill, a Xavier Howard. That changes things. I'm well aware of that. But right here and right now, who's the third best team in the AFC? Outside of Buffalo and Kansas City, it's the Miami freaking Dolphins. And I love that they are all in on trying to win with a rookie quarterback contract. That's how you do it in the NFL. And it's a lesson to the Jets. that You want to maximize these years you have with Zach Wilson. Load up while your quarterback is not making any money. Problem the Jets are running into right about now is they don't know what they have in their quarterback. And that's why they need more definitive answers between now and the end of this year to kind of see where you're going to take shape as a franchise. But my team, they stay healthy. Oh, baby. Bradley Chubb chasing down Justin Fields on Sunday. Go get him. Go get him. Giddy Chubb. Giddy, giddy, giddy chubb. I'm having a good day. It's a beautiful, sunshiny day in Brooklyn. The Brooklyn Nets are a three-ring circus. The Miami Dolphins, a better run than the New York Yankees. I cannot believe I'm saying that, but I have more confidence in them. I talked to a buddy of mine who's a big Dolphin fan, Yankee fan. He said the exact same thing. So I'm glad that we are on the safe wavelength. And I'm feeling good right now. Not gonna lie, I'm feeling really, really good. We got golf with Beningo tomorrow. Life, life right now in the Jestrensky household is that the stars are aligning in a certain couple of ways. And I like that. All right, so here's what we got coming up next. Daniel Jones in his weekly spot before he gets ready for the bye week. Logan Murdoch, who is a great NBA follower, does a ton of stuff here for the ringer, tight with the Durant camp. So I figured he'd be a good guy to have on with all the insanity going on in Brooklyn. So DJ Logan Murdoch, we're back on Thursday and a Friday with our Football Friday show. And I'll report back with how golf is going to go with Benigno and Stefano I mean, we're going to have one hell of a day, one hell of a day. But DJ, Logan, enjoy. They're coming up next. You know, I got to admit, it's kind of weird doing one of these sit-downs with the quarterback of the New York football Giants after a loss. Tough game for the Giants in Seattle. We welcome in the quarterback of the 6-2 New York Giants, Daniel Jones. Daniel, what's up, buddy? What's happening, man? Not a lot. How are you doing, JJ? Daniel, I'm doing fine. And, look, you guys have been on a roll. You guys have been winning a lot of these games late in the fourth quarter. You play a tight game. You play a game that comes down in a wire, but this time you guys are on the wrong end of it. Now that you've seen the film, now that it's, you know, 24, 48 hours later, what went wrong in your opinion last Sunday against Seattle?
2: Uh well, I, I mean, I think in uh, those kind of situations, it's never just one thing that happens or uh, one play at the end of the game or, you know, that you don't, or you don't make it. You do, or you don't make I think it's, uh, you know, throughout the course of the game, we just we just didn't do enough. Uh, you know, couldn't really get much going in the first half offensively, and then uh, ultimately there's a few plays down the stretch that uh, had we made them, had we find a way to, um, you know, make some of the plays. I think I think it's a different outcome. But um it's good. It was a good Seattle team. They're, they're a good defense, uh, a good team uh, in all three phases. So good credit to them.
0: They are a good team. I wouldn't be surprised, DJ, if you guys are matching up again, which is crazy to say because that would be some surprise playoff matchup if we get the Giants and the Seahawks playing at some point in time. But, you know, you guys this year have been brilliant at taking advantage of another team's mistake and then capitalizing and scoring. Like, I feel like that has been the M.O. of the Giants week after week after week. It's got to be frustrating, though, even though you guys have been so successful at it, to see it the other way around, where a team—there I say—is taking advantage of a couple of your team's mistakes.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I think uh, that is something we've done well. I think you, you know you're right. We've we've uh, made plays at opportune times, whether it's down the stretch in some of these games in, in the fourth quarter, and, and you know found ways to win uh, whatever that way uh, may be. And, and we weren't able to do that Sunday, so it's always frustrating uh, when you're not able to do those couple things and and uh like I said it's a it's a few plays here or there throughout the game really that, that really make a difference
0: so we talked about this last week was that the loudest stadium you have ever played in how was the was that at all a factor for you guys getting into rhythm and getting into a groove offensively the crowd noise in Seattle DJ uh
2: I think it was the loudest uh loudest stadium I played in and uh we were, we were prepared for it you know we practiced uh, you know our operation, practice our communication in the line of scrimmage, in the huddle, uh, the silent count, and you know we're, we're, we were prepared certainly from that standpoint. But it's still you know it's still something you got to deal with. It's a, it's a real factor in the game, and it makes communication harder uh, when you're at the line of scrimmage, and and uh, you know you're having to go to each guy and tell them any adjustment or, or uh, any communication is uh, a little bit tougher. And uh, you know that's just just part of it. We're prepared for it, but it is a real factor in the game you've got to acknowledge.
0: We're taping this right now at 10 o'clock in the morning on Tuesday. So there could be a flurry and all sorts of activity when it comes to trades in the NFL. Talk me through, though, when a guy in your locker room gets dealt. We had that last week with Kadarius Tony. He ends up with the Kansas City Chiefs. You're the quarterback of the team. You're one of the leaders of the team. What's it like when a trade like that goes down? Is it kind of like part of the business of the NFL? Or is that something that in some ways can kind of catch you guys totally off guard?
2: Um, I think more so just kind of the the business of the league. You know, I think uh, as players, we don't have any control of that. Obviously those decisions that are made uh, upstairs and, and uh, you know, it's, it's our job to, our job to play. And, and uh, you know, we understand that part of it. So uh, part of the, part of the, part of the the business and certainly wish KT the best Uh, really enjoyed you know the time we had together, and and uh, wishing the best going forward we in Kansas City.
0: Okay, we're at the halfway point of the year, so I, I know you don't want to reflect yet because you got a lot more football to play. You got a lot more that you want to accomplish, but DJ, I think for most Giant fans out there, if you told them going into a bye week you'd be six and two, you'd be in prime position to make the postseason. I think a whole lot of giant fans would have signed on the dotted line and then some. So first half of the year, where would you as the quarterback of the team assess where the team is at and assess where you were at?
2: Uh, well, I mean, I think we're in a good spot. I think, uh, you know, I think it's important to acknowledge that. And, you know, now we have a little downtime reflect on, on that. And, and, uh, you know, look back at some of the things we've done well that, that's, you know, helped us get get to this position. And then some of the things we've got to, we've got to clean up, but, uh, you know, we've put ourselves in a good spot. We found a way to win some of these games. And, uh, you know, I think understanding that knowing that, but, you know, I don't think anyone's shying away from the fact that we know, uh, you know, there's a lot still out there for us. There's a lot we need to improve on and get better at, uh, if we're going to be the team we want to be. So, um, you know, I think there's there's a balance there, but uh, we're happy in the position we're in, but but we understand there's still a lot of work to do.
0: All right, so individually for you, you've done a lot of good things so far this first half. <laughs> if, if there's one thing that you're the most pleased with as far as maybe something that you worked on, maybe it's something that, you know, coaching staff has really tried to hit home to you, or maybe it's something that you've been trying to hit home to yourself. First half of this year, DJ, what are you individually most pleased about when it comes to your game?
2: Uh, well, I mean, I think the wins more than anything, but uh, probably don't want to hear that. No, uh, I mean that's
0: true. Listen, winning yeah, games else, mean, but like <clears> as far <throat> as you personally, <throat> though, outside yeah. of the winning, of course.
2: Um, well, I mean, I think you know as a group, I think as an offense, we've done a good job taking care of the ball. Um, you know, I think that's something that's helped us stay in games. Uh, you know, in the fourth quarter and ha- have chances to win. Um, so, you know, I think that that uh. You know something we've all we've all done well together and and has made a difference uh, certainly for us.
0: Now it's not like you're going to tear everything apart in a bye week. I, I totally get that. It's only a couple of days. If there's one thing that you were going to spend even more time working on, thinking about, is there one element in your game, DJ, that you want to keep? You know, getting better at. You want to keep improving.
2: Uh, well, I mean, I think uh, when you look at uh. You know, our production, I think just, you know, some of the big plays, some of the explosive plays, finding ways that we can make some more of them, ways I can, uh, you know, get the ball to to guys in space and, and, uh, you know, give them opportunities to make plays. So that's something I'm going to, you know, look at and uh, see how I can improve.
0: So you guys have a bye week coming up, which is totally ideal. It's midway through the year. You guys have played eight games already. So a little downtime for you, a little downtime for the fellas. What is Daniel Jones looking forward to the most? Getting a week off, not having to worry about any football this weekend.
2: Uh, I think just just relaxing a little bit. Uh, not going to do a whole lot. I think I'm going to head back to North Carolina and see the family uh, a little bit this weekend. Little sister's got a big soccer game. Nice. Uh, there you go. Duke, Duke versus Carolina Thursday night. Uh, a lot on the line there. So I'm going to go try to catch that and, uh, and pop back up here.
0: I, that's a nice little weekend. Old. Duke tra- do you try to go back to Duke basically any, anytime you're off or anytime you got a bye week or whatnot?
2: Um, I've, I've been back certainly in the past. Um, so my brother's still there. He played uh, last year for uh, for the team, and now he's uh, helping out, coaching a little bit, in, like a graduate assistant role. And then my little sister's still at Duke playing soccer. So it kind of makes sense to go, go visit them when I can.
0: You got family athletes, dude.
2: Yeah, yeah, we got a, uh, we got some players for sure.
0: Was your mom and dad an athlete? Uh,
2: they played a little bit. My dad played a little bit of basketball in college, uh, but uh, that was about it.
0: <laughs> I mean, you got to right now. Take the cake. I mean, you are playing quarterback in the NFL. Do you pride yourself on like being the best athlete in the Jones family? You kind of. You're a low key kind of guy. So I don't know. Maybe you might talk a little bit more shit though with your siblings. You know, just saying. <laughs> no, I
2: don't. I don't know. I think. Uh, you know it's funny because we've all played different sports, uh, so it's tough to tough to compare. But um, I think uh, little little sisters, uh, she's pretty good. She's uh, she's a goalie for them and uh, been all ACC and and uh, you know done a, done a stuff bunch of stuff in her career. So if you ask my dad, he would definitely say she's the best athlete.
0: Nice, super super cool. Okay, so you now have gone through this in the NFL a couple of different times, having a bye week. Is there one thing that you look back on, like getting ready for that next game and say, man, I wish I would have handled this differently out of the bye, or maybe I spent too much time. I should have gotten a little more R and R or what like when does the transition, DJ, go from time off to all right, I'm getting ready for the Eastern Texans? Like kind of talk me through how that kind of works for an NFL quarterback.
2: Uh, for me at least, I think um, you know, it's time off, but you know, you want to be, you want to still use it productively. Sometimes, you know, relaxing and and resting is productive, but it's all kind of towards, uh, towards preparing for that next game. So, uh, I think there's, there's definitely a balance in, in, uh, in what you do. Um, you know, I, I've never felt like I did too much over a buy. I think, you know, anytime you can get a little bit ahead or, uh, you know, watching tape, start studying, uh, upcoming, upcoming opponent. Uh, you know, you look, we'll look back at what, what we did this first half too so there's you know a period of time where you're studying yourself and then you're looking forward to to houston but i think that you know that does help and uh obviously you're not going to work all day uh you know each of these days but but getting a little bit of a, of a jump start and then uh making sure you're your good physically staying up on on some of that stuff but uh yeah I, i've never felt like i did did too much during by
0: so sunday coming up It's got to be weird for you guys. You've experienced this playing Monday night games or Thursday night games where, you know, all the league is playing, but you're not. So this Sunday coming up, I know you're heading back to North Carolina. Will you be watching a lot of the other teams? Are you hitting the golf course? Are you spending time with family? Like, what is the Sunday DJ routine this week? Not having to suit up, not having to put the chin strap on and play quarterback.
2: Yeah, I don't think I'll. I don't think I'll make it out on the golf course, but uh, no golf, so I, no golf <laughs> on this R&R bye week. No, I don't think so. Um, but I'll, uh, I'll definitely watch the games on Sunday. Yeah, just just hang out on the couch and, and watch the games probably for most of the day. I don't know who's playing yet. I haven't looked at the. the matchups I was going to say everything. you should
0: be just be ruined against the NFC East. That's it, you know. Whoever yeah. I, I think the Eagles are playing on Thursday though, so you're out of luck there. So they're playing okay. Thursday night to begin with. Um, and, and I don't even know. I think you know. You would think somebody who's got like 10 million dollars Cowboys on their fantasy team would know if they're on buy or whatnot. So I, I actually don't know. But hey, man, you know, that's uh, that you get a chance to experience what we all do. You know, where we're nut jobs watching all the football for like hours and hours at a time. Hey, if that's something you want to do, DJ, it's right up your alley, man.
2: Yeah, that, I mean, that'll be me. Me and you will probably be doing the same thing on Sunday.
0: Nice. I like the sound of that. Make sure the beer is cold. The wings are ordered. The pizza is ready to go. And away you go, dude. So you guys had a lot of great wins in the first half of this year. Now that you look back on it, do you have a favorite? Um.
2: Well, I mean, I think the, uh, you know, you appreciate them all. I think the one in London, you know, against the Packers, was, uh, was a cool win for us. We were over there, you know, you go on the little trip and spend some time away with your teammates, and then to to come out and uh, get the win, you know, in a in a hard fought. Fought game down the stretch uh, in the fourth quarter. I think was was pretty big for us. Um, but I don't know. They're all they're all uh, they're all great. We'll take uh, we'll take as many as we can get.
0: Well, we want a lot more. That's the idea. So you can add to that list. So maybe at the end of the year, you it's a much easier question for you. You know, because hey, you guys keep winning. You winning games in the postseason, DJ. You know, each postseason win becomes the favorite. That's the way it works, dude.
2: No doubt. No doubt.
0: Um. So. I think we're all wondering. Halloween is coming gone. I handed out way too many pieces of candy. Like the trick-or-treaters in my neighborhood, dude, were out of like my apartment building was kind of quiet. My fiance and I go a block over on one of the, like brownstone streets in Brooklyn. It was pandemonium, DJ. Kids all over the place. <laughs> did you, number one, end up dressing up for Halloween?
2: Uh, I did. I, I had a little, little Top Gun uh Nice. Okay. It's pretty easy. Just do on a bomber uh, jacket and some sunglasses. But uh yeah, that, that was uh that was the extent of my Halloween this well, year. Well, I was
0: gonna say, that, but you know what though? That's that's a big hit this year. I mean, the Top Gun yeah. movie that came out, I saw it. We loved it. it was bet it was better than the one in the '80s, and that's like an iconic. I know you can't say that it's serious. The movie was flat out better, dude. So I mean, listen, you're going as Tom Cruise. Who's gonna who's gonna fight you on that, man? Yeah, it
2: was good. Did you, did you end up dressing up?
0: So we did not. We are actually having a Halloween party a week late, which is a little okay. disturbing and a little bizarre. But, you know, we uh, it gets crazy around the Jastrzemski house, DJ. So uh, I, I will report back to you. We have the costumes. I may actually show you a picture. That way you can mock and see exactly where this crazy man's going, man, and we'll take it from there, all right?
2: All right. I look forward to
0: it. DJ, enjoy the bye week get some much-needed R&R, and we're looking forward to seeing you. Two weeks, back at home, Giants taking out of the Houston Texans. So uh, get, get those moments of zen, man, because you guys got a whole lot of big games coming up over these next few weeks. We're excited to watch them.
2: No doubt about it. Appreciate it, JJ.
3: This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire, you're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com.
0: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, you want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com
3: app today. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and 1. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And 1, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer.
0: Wow, what a wild day. Um... I can't say I'm surprised that Steve Nash is no longer the coach of the Brooklyn Nets, but I'm not going to lie. Ime Udoka coming out of nowhere, getting the gig. Like my my mind is still spinning. So we need one of our NBA extraordinaries to come on the show. Logan Murdoch, who is all over the place at the ringer. He's nice enough to give us a couple minutes. Dude, thanks for stopping in throughout all the madness. How are you, my man?
1: Man, throughout the all of Madness, it's great to be here with you, Josh bro. Because it's been a long time, man. I miss you, man. How you doing, bud?
0: Well, it's always good seeing your face. It's always good hearing your voice. You are this calming, soothing presence that I think is needed for all of the insanity of today. I'm going to ask you this yeah. right out of the gate. Clearly, Kevin Durant wanted a new head coach. Clearly, Steve Nash was in a very precarious and uncomfortable position going into the year. You know the NBA inside and out, so I want you to explain this to me. Why did they bring Steve Nash back to coach five, six, or seven games to begin with? You have an answer to me? I have no idea. I don't
1: don't have an answer for you on that one because there was KD behind the scenes. I mean, not even behind the scenes, but in front of the scenes and all scenes you want to point to had said that he didn't want Steve Nash to be his coach coming into this season. He even made the ultimatum. Like, fire him or I wanna be traded and double down on his trade request. And that just started a uh just a snowball effect going into the season. I'm not surprised that Steve Nash has gotten fired, but I am surprised at how long it took for Steve Nash to get fired. This seemed like he should have gotten fired. If you're gonna do it the right way, if you're gonna fire somebody there's the the, the way that it's 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 gone on in the past, you do it after the season, you know, you do it when you can get another person and right away. Now I know that they got Emmy and I'm sure that we're going to talk about this in a, in a in a bit, but the timing of this is is really peculiar, you know. You, this is something that you would want to see maybe in May when you can have a crop of guys and you can really evaluate. Now you're in a position where you have to do everything on the fly and quite frankly, with this situation going on in Brooklyn, I don't know who you put in um, I don't know who you put in place at the head coaching position that's gonna that can flourish in, in in this situation. It's pretty toxic in Brooklyn at this point.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like, if I'm Steve Nash, Logan, I'm kinda of relieved. I'm like, Holla freaking Louia, you know, I'm a Hall of Fame NBA player. All right, maybe I'm not cut out to be an NBA head coach. Maybe I made mistakes as a first-time NBA head coach, but this situation between Kyrie and all the insanity that he brings to the table. Kevin Durant, his injuries, and then some of the drama that involves Kevin Durant and, and just James Harden, like Ben Simmons. This has just been such a zoo for the last few years. I don't think Steve Nash is going to coach again, gut feel. Like, I, I just don't <laughs> think he goes down that road ever again. I don't think he's a big time head coach. But what coach in that environment, Logan, was going to have success, man? I, I don't got an answer for you, dude.
1: I don't know because it's. The, the next Nets situation is is really interesting because it has always been a, a a team and an organization ran by two guys since they got signed there. From the moment that Katie and and Kyrie got onto the scene, they made uh, what was the first decision that they made? They went to go give DeAndre Jordan a contract, and all the, all throughout all the time that those two guys have been in on the roster, they have honestly been emboldened to make decisions on their own. Because even, let's take this this last situation with Kyrie, for instance, right? Where he tweets out a link to a documentary with, laced with anti-Semitism. Uh, what happens? The owner, um, Joe Sy, puts out a tweet talking about how much he condemned Kyrie and what he did. But then on the back end, is there even a slap on the wrist for Kyrie? No. Is there a slap on the wrist? Is, there's probably a slap on the wrist um, the last time Kyrie got it when he left the team um, during during the season. Was there, was there any repercussions on that? Not necessarily. These two guys have been emboldened to have a lot of control of this franchise, and it hasn't been a partnership between this organization and those two guys. It's been more so. Um, these two guys do something. Kyrie may do something, at least outwardly, the, uh, the, general, uh, the general manager in the front office might say something, but by and large, nothing really happens. And so you build a culture where, um, you know, even, you know, there's not even a partnership between the coach and there's, there's a culture where people can get undermined. People can just kind of, certain people can kind of do what they want. It's a, like I said, a toxic environment where, again, you could put MAU DOPA to that spot, but I don't know if it's going to be any less toxic going forward. It's really, it's not a, it's not a fun time in Brooklyn. It's not even, it's not a good time in Brooklyn. Um, It's, I I can't imagine the environment that a coach is going into, but it's not a good environment to to go into as a coach.
0: You know Durant well from his time in the Bay Area where he had a whole lot of success and he came to this ready-made warrior team. You think, and I know he wanted to get involved in a partnership with Kyrie Irving. Like, that was something that was important to him. he, he basically handpicked who was the guy he was going to go play alongside with. Logan, you think he's saying to himself every single day, man, what in God's name did I do getting in bed with this guy? Because I, I know I'd have that thought yeah. over and over and over again. I'm like, holy shit, I just now linked the back nine of my NBA career to this crazy lunatic Irving. Like, that's that's what I'd be saying. You think KD yeah. is such a good friend, he's like, now nah, we're going to make this work? Or you think deep down um, he's having those thoughts?
1: I'm not sure right now at this very moment, what he's thinking in this, in this time. But I do know in the past that when, um, when Kyrie has, has done Kyrie things that Kevin at least has outwardly had his back. Right. When, even when you talk about, uh, all the time he missed during the anti-vax stuff and when he wouldn't play because he wouldn't get vaccinated. Um, uh, Katie was disappointed in Kyrie and that decision from a standpoint of why aren't you with me? Why aren't you doing these things? But he also, uh, was sticking with them as a friend and was really, really excited. I remember being in Memphis when um, the decision to lift the ban, uh, the New York City ban on uh, athletes and performers um, uh, having to be vaccinated when when Eric Adams lifted that ban. Those two guys were really excited. You know, they were happy to play with each other. And then, um, you know, I remember when uh, asking them during that moment, you know, how long do you guys want to play together? Uh, and... You know that Kyrie was like until we're fifty, until we're in the thirty and old league when you know at a at a gym somewhere. So um, I don't know what Kevin Durant is thinking, um, and I, I don't know where I don't know where he stands on this in particular. I'll let his words speak for what that is. But I know in the past he's always kind of at least behind the scenes stuck with Kyrie through thick and thin. And you know we'll see what happens and if that breaks. But he's been a very loyal dude to Kyrie, even when you know it, it's raised some eyebrows.
0: Very interesting. Now, you know what else is crazy? This Udoka taking the gig after basically being a coach of the year in Boston. He's got all the nonsense going on off the court. And normally, you know how this works. Like when there's a coach and another team wants him, you're talking compensation. You're talking about working out a deal. I mean, technically speaking, the Celtics and the Nets, you would say, all right, they're East Coast rivals. They played in the postseason each of the last two years. And the Celtics are like, yeah. You want to hire him? Go right ahead. Be my guest. You don't care. No issues, no problems. Are you yeah. surprised that Boston hasn't kind of like drawn their line in the sand to say, hey, we want some in return? Or is that situation just so beyond repair with Ime Udoka, where everybody in Boston is like, just we, we got to move on. We don't care what it takes. Let, let's let him go somewhere else
1: it sure looks that way, but from a from a Brooklyn standpoint, it's kind of curious, right? after you just have this situation where you're having a lot of internal turmoil, um you bring in a guy that is coming off the heels of internal turmoil where he was at in Boston to the point where they wanted to suspend or they didn't just want to suspend him for the season. They did suspend him for the season. They didn't want him on the on the they didn't want him on the bench because it got so toxic in that work environment. And then you want to bring that into. This environment that's already toxic on the court, but there's also untold things of, you know, how are um, people within that organization going to feel? Now, I'm not talking about the front office, but I'm talking about people in that organization that work um, and that have read that that work in the organization. Maybe they're they're females, maybe they're males, but that have read what what M.A. Udoka has done. And are like, why would you bring this guy into our organization, into the fold right now, especially when he's serving out a a suspension um, for the for the season on his own uh, on the team that he's coming from in the Boston Celtics? It's really curious that they're going to, you know, hits their the Nets are going to hit their wagon to a guy like you, Doka, considering the circumstances. Um, And that's another reason why I think that this the turmoil in Brooklyn isn't over. It's not going to it's 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 it's. I I don't know how bad it's going to be, but it doesn't look like it's going to get good anytime soon.
0: I feel the exact same way. And I've said it for a while now, Logan, there ain't going to be no happily ever after in Brooklyn with that team, even with the star power, even with a guy as good as Kevin Durant on the roster. Like I I think about the league. I think about where they're at over the next few years. And then you throw in this like three ring circus nature. I don't see them winning a championship over the next. Like if I had to make a bet on it, will Brooklyn win a championship? within the next two to three years, I would take a substantial loan and payment and put it on no. How could I put it on yes <laughs> at this point, dude?
1: I mean, you're say a championship. Can they even get into the playing game at this, this point? This year, they, they, they it's
0: didn't even,
1: 50-50. They barely got in last year. They barely got into the playoffs last year, right? And I think this is, besides the, the turmoil and all that stuff, this isn't even a very good basketball team, you know? I mean, KD has played well in spurts, but, you know, he's his last postseason, the— uh the, the Celtics kind of took his lunch. So there's a lot going on on the basketball court. And it speaks to just an organizational uh, failure in my eyes from the Nets. Right. Because bef- people forget. I know you don't forget because you're in New York, but this was a pretty respected organization before Kyrie and Kevin came through. Right. Where you talk about, uh, you know, Kenny Atkinson really building a culture and that. way of um, development, in that organization. you know, grinding hey, Everybody they um, were taking
0: bows, Logan. They were taking yeah. bows when those two guys decided they were coming to yeah. Brooklyn. But in reality, you know what they did? They kind of sold their soul to the devil a little bit.
1: They really did. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's and that's it's a cautionary tale in a lot of ways, right? Because on one hand, it's great that you made that you made this uh this culture good enough for, you know, maybe some players that are overachieved, right? But it's another thing is you have to bring that culture along when you have the superstar talent of Kyrie and Kevin Durant. And you have, to, you have to put the right coach in place. Clearly, you know, say what you want about Nash. He wasn't the right coach for this type of team. I think this type of team needs more of a, um, more of a, a hard-nosed leader because they don't have that in the locker room at this point, right? They have a lot of guys that are passive. Um, you know, in their leadership. KD is one of those guys. He leads by example. I don't know. I don't think Kyrie is a leader by any stretch of the imagination, but they don't really have leadership in that role right now. And that's what you have to do when you ha- when you want to build a culture. You have to have a culture that is, if you want to win a championship, you have to have a culture built on accountability and the Nets just don't have that. And I don't know if they will have that with M. A. Udoka. Um, and uh, not because of um what happened prior, but more so because he's coming in, what, seven games in? He's coming into a a place where he hasn't been able to build uh, his culture. And we don't even know if his culture is going to be good or toxic. But I I don't think that they've – I think a lot of their moves in the last few months have been reactionary. And I I really don't – based on, you know, recent uh, sequences of events, I don't trust the Nets front office to be able to weather the storm and get through and try to get those – Uh, get to those championship aspirations that, you know, that they thought they were going to have in in past years. It's really not a good situation in Brooklyn right now.
0: Final one. Did you ever think a couple years after the signings of Durant and Irving that the Knicks, and listen, the Knicks are far from perfect. We understand they've had their issues. They have 20-plus years without being a legit contender in the NBA for a long, long time. But Logan, if yeah. I'm looking at model of stability compared to chaos with the two basketball teams in town, at least the distractions and the headaches with the Knicks, they're few and far between, man, hey, and what man. you got
1: going on in Brooklyn. I I mean, I know a couple of uh Knicks fans uh here and there. Shout out to Stefan, but I I know that they they feel some vindication for the fact that not only did um did the, the two superstars go to the other team and failed, but they did so after they thumbed their nose at the Knicks as an organization. I know Knicks fans are just, like, loving that. I, oh, I know, absolutely. I, when, Every Knicks fan in next, my life, next myself Knicks included, might my I add, Logan. You could put <laughs> yeah, me on yeah. that list. Uh, yeah, when when do they play again? When do the Nets and Knicks play again? <laughs> We're that, going. Be we'll be there, there next be Wednesday.
0: Next Wednesday, nationally okay. televised game, where 80% uh, of the Barclays Center will be wearing orange and blue.
1: There you go. Orange and blue skies, baby. <laughs> I mean,
0: listen, I wish I had more to gloat about from a Nick perspective, but in all seriousness, Logan, they paid Brunson a lot of money. He's a good player, dude. I I, like the basketball IQ, the way he distributes. He's a legit floor general. Like, they haven't had a legit point guard since Derek Harper, for goodness sakes, dude. So, like, to see yeah, a guy we'll like... We'll see what like, happens,
1: man. We'll see what I mean, happens. I know the Knicks propaganda's is competent out point there. Is he's, he's a competent point guard, though, Logan? He's competent. He's a competent point guard. I did like what I saw opening... I haven't watched a ton of the Knicks this year, but I did like what I saw opening night. Um, I loved what I saw from, um, from Brunson. Um, Cam Reddish played really well in that game I, I'm not sure how he went has done since then but like I I, I have seen what I've seen from the Knicks they've, they've done pretty good they look like they're building something there. we'll see what happens but I'm not but I will say this I'm not ruling out you the Knicksian turmoil that that uh, tends to happen, happen in moment. the Knicksian uh, sort. That you. can happen at any moment. That's why I'm not really high on the Knicks until they prove it to me. They're, it has. To, they, we're very early in the season. We just got to know that them. That said, so though, if I gave you an opportunity too much in the to buy
0: stock though in the Knicks and the Nets, and you had to buy stock in one of the two. You would buy the stock Stock is
1: really low Knicks. on both on both teams right now. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, but I'm, I I guess I'll go to the Knicks. I don't know is this penny stock. What kind of stock are we talking right now? Are we, the, are we on it's, Wall it's Street, where we at stock. right now?
0: I understand that. It's not big boy that. stock right it's now. Not I'm not doing that.
1: No, 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 no. I'm chill. You know what? I'm just going to chill. I'm not. I'm uh, Whoever tells me I have to buy stock in either team, will be like, no, I don't. And I'm going to just walk off and be like, let me see what happens.
0: Logan, always fun catching up, man. Thanks for a few minutes. And uh, who knows? The net turmoil and as the world turns in Brooklyn, uh, it could get nuttier. I I agree with you on that. Like, this ain't the end of the circus. The circus has only just begun, my man.
1: This is going to be tough, man. Maybe I'll see you soon, bro. But it was a pleasure being on with you, Doc.
0: That's Logan Murdoch. Good stuff there all around. Busy day. Busy show. We'll wrap it up right after this. Fun Tuesday show, eventful Tuesday show. Like I said, we'll be back with our Football Friday show. Joe B., Art Dice, Jason Katz. We'll see if the World Series is still going on. That Thursday night football game, oh my goodness. Hide the women and children with the Eagles taking on the Texans. Hide the women and children. Voicemails, get in my way. We're going to take a bunch on Thursday. Before we get to all our Football Friday proceedings, 917-917. 382 1151. You want to make sure to do that. Good job by my guy, Stefan. I'll see you bright and early. Uh, I'll be getting the Starbucks order, so you better be ready to go. Uh, and hopefully, I'll be hitting the driver a little better than I did uh, on Monday. JJ out. Enjoy your Tuesday. Be good, everybody.
3: collection at ugg.com.